one of his former teammates with the Pittsburgh Penguins, one of the Oilers' all-time greats, Paul Coffey's dropping by. Paul, great to see you. It's always good to be here, especially with Brownie. I know, you, I know you guys <laughs> were sharing stories during the news break there. I got to overhear some of them of how you helped turn Muriel Lemieux from a, a nobody into a superstar. Well, I was just mentioning to Brownie that it doesn't get talks, talked about often enough that that uh, Pittsburgh team had the most power play goals in, in one year. You know, myself and Brownie and, you know, Mario might he have a little a bit. bit to do with it. Yeah, he helped a bit. But that was a, that was a time when, you know, people always ask you, did you work on your power play? And we never did. We just used our in- instincts and went for it. And when you, when you got guys like Mario and, you know, Brownie had a great stick around the net. He had some pretty good feet, too, especially when Hextall was chasing him. <laughs> <laughs> that was the fastest he ever skated. So you, did, you didn't practice the power play at all, like not even every once in a while, or you'd work on some concepts or anything I w- like that? I, I would say we did once in a while, but yeah. it wasn't, uh, I mean, back then they give you certain plays, but after that you have to use your instinct because you have to realize that if the other team takes away with what you're trying to do, you're on your own, and we were, we were decent at that. It was funny when Koff first got traded to uh, Pittsburgh. We'd have we'd have a concept. We'd have, okay, here's our breakout. And the coach would come in, okay, this is where we want everyone in Brownie. We want you twirling here. Koff would come up. You know what? I know what the coach is saying, but don't do that. You're gonna, I'm going to go around the net. I'm going to pick the puck up. You're going to be at the blue line. I'm going to snap it up as soon as they come around the net. And as soon as they hit your stick, just lay it out there. Should I look for you, Koff? No, no, no. Just lay it out there. I'll get there. He says, I'll get you an assist. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of this, the, the power play now, Paul? This must interest you with the, with the speed you had. And now Nugent Hopkins made Washington pay for it about a month ago because he yeah. picked up. But teams are doing that long drop back pass, sometimes almost from the offensive blue line back to their own blue line to get a guy whipping up ice with it. Yeah, I can't, I can't quite figure that out. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know how it works when you got a guy like Connor. It's a no-brainer, and especially Nugent Hopkins as well. But I think for the most part, if teams have somebody carrying the puck that they want to carry the puck, then you just take all the other stuff away. Well, and I don't think we needed to do that when Koff played because the, the, what they're doing is they're getting into Connor McDavid's hands with everyone else standing still. Well, when Koff was skating, it seemed like everyone was standing still anyways, so it didn't really matter. You didn't have to force them to slow down. Paul Coffey joining us on the Faceoff show, obviously talking a lot about uh, your days with Rob as the Pittsburgh Penguins. What I want to ask you this, though, about Rob. What do you remember about that huge season he had where he got uh, 49? I mean, did you see that coming from him, or what, what did you think when he exploded like that? Yeah, I mean, Rob, Rob always had the talent. Um, was one of those guys that respectfully so never seemed to want to work out there but <laughs> but was always working i mean it just it just worked he had a stick that uh i, I remember picking a stick up one day in practice looking at it and saying to mario boy this kid's better than i thought he is if he could use a stick like that <laughs> just a big heavy stick and just put his stuff on and you know brownie just went out to play but robbie played uh, pure instincts as good a set of hands as anybody i've ever played with i could knock pucks down didn't slap at it controlled it put it in the net and uh, was a great playmaker as well. Oh, there you go, Rob. See, now, now, the I'm yeah, now, now, now I'm blushing. Now you're blushing. Yeah, he didn't, know what to he say. didn't mention couldn't skate. That was nice of him not to mention that. Well, you went to the front of the net. That's that's all you I, had to I do. hung out in the front. It was no. actually it was it was good when Koff shot. Koff was one of the f- first defensemen that I ever played with. That when he shot, he shot for your stick in front of the net. Like he had this little half wrister shot that he would take, and he always hit your stick. Didn't matter where you put the stick, he would hit it. And it was good. A lot of guys want to wind up and just take bombs, no. but he always knew exactly where to put the puck. It was easy to tip. Guys got to understand the easiest shot for a goalie to stop is a hard shot. 
because it's not going to change direction. It's probably not going to get tipped. It's just going to come at you. It's like in baseball. I mean, the easiest pitch to hit is a fastball. You hit it out of the park. And, it, you know, for me, the sticks weren't great back then, so you had to do a little bit of stuff. And just, But the most important thing was to get it on net. And these guys knew it. They went to the front of the net. The sticks were down, and a lot of good things happened. Paul, obviously, you know, and we're going to talk about some development work that, that you've been doing for the Oilers here uh, for a few months now. Obviously, we had the coaching change last week. Ken Hitchcock has uh, come in 1-1-1 one, one, and one so far. I don't know if you have a lot of experience, Hitch, or, or you got to know him a little bit over the years, but what do you see so far from him, and what do you expect his impact's going to be on the team here as we move through the season? Well, one thing about Ken is he's going to be direct. I mean, there's not going to be any candy coating anything. I think he's, he'll compromise if, if if things need to, but he'll let the guys know what they need to do. And I don't care what you are. I mean, people talk about the generation, the players are different. They're not. They want to know if they're good or bad. They need to be told. They want to be told. Don't you agree, Brownie? It's true. Eh? You hate when you're sat when you're sat out and you go to the coach. You know, it's a numbers game. You hate when they tell you just you just numbers. You know, well we'll get you back in there. Why am I sitting out? What can I improve on? What do I have to do in practice? And the one thing with Hitch, he will let you know what you're doing wrong, so you know what to work on. Which which is great. That's what players want. Paul, you've been able to uh, spend a little bit of time with some guys on the Bakersfield Condors. Uh, I'm going to start with one player that Rob and I get asked about a lot, and we saw him in the NHL for a stretch of games late last season, and that's uh, and that's Ethan Bear. He, he, when we saw him in the NHL, he looked pretty good with the puck. Had, looked like he had some good instincts on the power play as well. Where would you say uh, Ethan is at? Uh, what are some steps you hope to see him make this season? Um, I was down in Bakersfield a couple weeks ago. He was injured. He wasn't playing, but his mind is where it needs to be. I mean, those guys down there for starters are very lucky to have a guy like Dave Manson coaching them. There's a good, good pro, great hockey player, and, uh, and and as I told the kids when I went down there, you guys are very fortunate to have a guy like that, but you know, Ethan, Ethan's the type of guy that's got to continually get better. Jonesy's the same way down there. Keegan Lowe, they've they got to keep pushing the pace. Uh, Jay Woodcroft has done an incredible job. It's a real, real positive attitude down there, and uh, it's not easy to get up here. And they can't go down there, they can't pout, they got to continue to work and get better. There's going to be opportunity up here if they want it. Don't you think it's important, especially in the minors, when there's a coach or coaches on your bench that you have inst- instant credibility? So like a, a Manson, he's played, and he's played at a, he was very, very good. So when he's on the bench and he says something to a young player, right away, they're like, they got that instant respect for him. And he, and yeah, the, and the other good thing about David is, I mean, you instantly got respect. He's done it all, fight, pass, shoot, score, defend. He could play any game you want to play. And, you know, as I said to the six or seven defensemen down there, you guys are very lucky because he's got your back every single shift. A lot, of, a lot of coaches that don't understand the back end are quick to jump on defense. It's a tough position to play, but when you got a guy like Mance protecting your back, it gives those guys in, instant confidence, and that's why they're doing well down there. Who was who a coach? Maybe let's go with an assistant coach because obviously you had some high-profile pro- head coaches throughout your career. Is there an assistant, somebody who maybe wasn't in the limelight as much that had a huge influence on your career or maybe who at a, at a point in your career helped you adapt to some things or get through a tough time? Well, early on, you know, Billy Harris was with us uh, with Edmonton for the first couple of years. And then when Teddy Green came aboard, it really helped us in the back end because Teddy was a straightforward, honest guy didn't candy coat anything if you thought you were doing well he would tell you if you were or weren't and uh he was good for all our developments but you know i love telling this story that people always ask me who's the 
who's the best coach ever played for and, and, and it's a broad conversation I mean slots for sure here in Edmonton but the most positive guy I ever played for was Bob Johnson in Pittsburgh and we're sitting there one game and Bob had the habit of you come on to start a practice and he'd grab you and he'd start talking to you you couldn't get away from him right you'd see him coming and anyway we lost one game 8-1 at home and I see him coming at me and I go oh my god I'm trying to get away from him he's coming he goes like this and he goes, what do you think of that goal? And I'm thinking, I don't know, I think I was minus four. I don't know which one he's talking about. <laughs> and he says to me, the one by Robbie Brown. And he takes off. And that's a true story. He was so positive. And that rubbed off on our team. And Bob left us uh, left us way too early, but left an everlasting imprint on that franchise. That's a great story. Well, do you think it's also when you've got coaches, I mean, Hitch is a demanding coach. How much more important are the assistant coaches? When you got a head coach, it's very demanding to have assistant coaches that players can go and talk to and just not without the fear of going and having to talk to the head guy all the time. Yeah, 100%. And they've got the great dynamics here with the big club as well. I mean, Trent's, Trent was a good defenseman in his own right in the NHL, played a lot of years, been assistant coach and a head coach. Gully, the same thing, has been an assistant coach and a head coach. Those are guys that the players feel very comfortable in talking to and the one thing about the sport mistakes will happen and you know i coach kids in toronto and talk to our defensemen all the time when they would make a mistake and say listen guys i've made that more times than i can remember so don't worry about it i mean things happen the biggest thing with building a team and building young players is building a rapport and if you have that with your assistants i mean half the stuff your coach does is a lot of time to act right he's got to he's got to get everybody's attention right He's got to be direct. He's got to get their attention. Your assistant coach has got to be the buffer and keep everybody on a good, solid page. Paul, it's uh, it's pretty cool as well. I want to mention this. Uh, there are four exclusive artist prints that are going to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the team. They'll be sale, on sale here at Rogers Place starting on Thursday. Uh, 60 bucks each. This first one of the four with only 300 prints produced so it's limited edition features you Wayne Gretzky and Grant Fuhr so some big names on there and once all four of them are revealed they're actually going to be be able to connect it into one big piece of artwork I notice they have a uh, a bearded Paul Coffey as well in uh, in this one Rob hasn't even seen it yet uh, you, you see some you see something like this uh, Paul and obviously I should ask too we're, we're here in Studio 99 with all Wayne Wayne's memorabilia uh, you get a little bit a little bit nostalgic looking at this I do and if you look real closely and I'm talking real closely Wayne's got a beard too <laughs> I just can't see it <laughs> no that's great I mean I, I love the old jerseys and you know there's so much history in this city even prior to the Oilers being here the Oil Kings and that and it's uh it's pretty it's pretty nice and it, it's there's a lot of proud a lot of proud guys, a lot of proud players that wear that jersey, and it's great to be back. Paul, it's great to see you. I know we'll have you on again later in the season, but thanks for stopping by Studio 99. You're welcome. That is-